0: But good morning, FCC. How are we doing today? All right, some of y'all remembered. Let's try it again. How are we doing this morning, FCC? We're we doing well? Yeah. There we go. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all didn't get up this morning just to crawl out of bed and come in here and get some coffee and let, hmm. like, like, you, you came here because you believe that there's a purpose. There's a plan that God has for you and why we continue to get together. There is a reason why you're here. And what if the reason why you're here? is to change the trajectory of where you're going. What if if this morning, of all mornings, just a random morning you get up on, in the beginning of August, what if today was the day in which things changed for you? I know it's just like, that's just another Sunday, it's just another sermon, just another time to hear a little bit about God's word. Maybe I can make some small changes in my life, be reminded of his grace and those things are great, but today, we're going bigger. Uh, today, we're going to go, we're going to zoom out a bit, but we're going to zoom out and try to look and look at our lives from a different perspective and go, what, what, are, we, what are we doing well, when I was thinking about this and, and this whole series and, and this idea of the, the words from Jesus, from Jesus' mouth to us, like this is recorded words of Jesus, the red letters. This is, as we look in our scriptures, I introduced last week is that from 1899, um, it, which was like young compared to this church, right? We were like 1893. We were like, ah, oh, in 1899, it was like so early. But like, like they were writing red letters where Jesus had spoken, and for us to look as we begin this journey together of like, man, as our foundation, what is the foundational words and teachings from Jesus, from his mouth to us as recorded and to be shared with us. And last week, we looked at the approachability of Jesus, the availability and awareness of Jesus that we were welcome in his presence and he desired to be available for us. And that's a profound characteristics of Christ. And as he was challenging us to consider, are we available as well? Are we available for others? Are we aware of those around us? Are we going to have them in our life, in our circle? And today what I want to do is I want us to get going right from the start. we got a lot to cover, so I want to get going right from the start. And I, and I want to begin with the end in mind, and I want to do that a little bit with Jesus and his words. So I want to go towards the end of Jesus' ministry journey while he was here on earth. So, so, so Jesus, you came, was born Christmas morning, right? Like we celebrate that. He he grows up, he kicks off his ministry journey, and then he he gets to this point. And this is right before he's getting ready to be crucified. So we have, like, this is the communion night. This is, there, the, the last supper time period uh, that he has this prayer. I shared a little bit a couple of weeks ago about the latter part of this prayer. I want to share the beginning part of this prayer because there is a phrase in it. There is a sentence in it that should bend your brain. All right, because I want you to be thinking about why did Jesus come? Like just in your mind, what, why did he come? And I want us to see when Jesus responds about him completing his work. Let's do this together. John 17, one through two is where we're gonna kick off. In John 17, one through two, we start out here. It says, after saying all these things, he was doing the whole communion thing, he was doing Last Supper stuff, and he had washed feet, he had been doing some teachings. Jesus looked up to heaven, and he began to pray. He prayed, saying this, Father, the hour has come. Like, this, it's, it's getting ready to happen. He's getting ready to go be crucified. So glorify your son so he can give glory back to you for you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one of you, to each one you have given him. He continues. And this is the way to have eternal life. I mean, just powerful words here. To know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought, you, I brought glory to you here on earth by, get this, completing the work you gave me to do. That's what I want to focus in on, okay? Now this is some stuff here that like, wow. Okay, so every word of Jesus speaking is like you could spend a, a day marinating on it. Like just this, this is the way to have eternal life is to know you, God, and, and to know his son. Like there's so much there that you gotta know, okay? But I want to i want to go to this phrase right here. Um, I, br- I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now. Obviously, he hadn't died on the cross yet because he is saying this like right here, like this is, this is before then. So this is before he had died on the cross. This is him saying, I've completed what you've asked me to do. What is he talking about? Like he, he, hadn't, he hadn't died on the cross yet. See, a lot of times I think for us, we think of Jesus, we think he came to earth to die as a penalty for our sins. And you're right. You'd, you'd be absolutely right. That is one of the reasons why he came. But he also came to show us not only about why he died, but how to live. See, see he had accomplished something He had created something and started something and completed something that was gonna continue on beyond him dying and beyond him raising again. There was something that he completed that he he started, he developed, and he completed by this point before he even went to the cross. And that's what I wanna dive in a little bit more today. There is something even bigger and greater that I think Jesus wants us to know about what he completed. Like, I want us to chase after that. Like, Jesus, what what did you complete That was so powerful that it brought glory to God. What did you complete before you went to the cross? What was this completion that you had accomplished by this point in your journey before going to the cross? And to me, I think it's going to be chasing after a bigger question, a question I want us to all be thinking about, a bigger question that is, is there something more that I am here for? Is there something more that I am here for? Like, so you're, you're looking at your life and you're going, is there something, is there something else that I am here to do? Is there something more than the life I've been living, the day-to-day normal things I've been chasing after? Is there more that God has for me? Is there more that God is wanting from me? Is there more that I am here for? Is there something more that he wants from me? Okay, so here, here's the way I want us to do this. I want to share with you a, a illustration It's one that like it was ten years ago when me and my wife encountered this, and uh, it was one that i'm a visual learner i don't know about you, but like it it bent my brain in a really good way and it really made me have to wrestle so since God made me suffer like that, i'm gonna help you suffer just like that too so um here is what I have here. I have uh, myself a, uh, a rope, okay? So this is just your classic rope, um, and uh, it goes all the way over there. But I-, I want you to imagine for a second, if you could, okay. Right? I want you to imagine this rope. Um, I want you to imagine that this rope uh, goes on through here, and it goes out, and let's imagine it goes out through the doors, and it goes down, and it heads down Jerusalem Road, and it like goes over to mountain, heads on down mountain, gets on I-95, heads all the way down I-95, and goes and circles, the earth a few thousand times and then heads off into space and continues on going like it just heads on out to space like the the james webb telescope can't see it anymore it just keeps on going once you imagine this rope right here continues on forever okay this rope represents the timeline of your existence right bend your brain all right so this is you this is your timeline your existence it just goes on so, so you have this, this short period of time. This tape right here would, would be, represent your time here on earth. All right, so, so you know, I, I want you to think about this for a second. So, so this, this is your timeline. This is eternal. So, so you, you began, but then you have eternity. And, and, and this is what bent my brain in such a good way. It was, it was like this. It was like, all right, so like so many of us, myself included, was like, all right, I'm going to like work really, really, really hard right here. So I can really travel, enjoy some good food right around here. Like we spend all of our days being like, man, I really want to make this right here. I'm going to work real hard, real, work real, real hard. I'm going to save up, save up. I'm going to try to, I'm going to really do it so that way, like I really want to go see some stuff right here. I want to enjoy some stuff right here. Maybe if I could like fall asleep somewhere around here before it's all over. Like, like this is like everything our mind is focused on, like everything our day is focused on. And it's like, man, we just, we're so driven for like this part right here. And, and for me, it's like, God goes, well, what about this? What about all of this? What about this entire rest of your eternity? Like, what if instead we focus this short little season we have here on earth, focused on the rest But what if we lived life where it was like, man, I'm so driven to make sure that as I'm doing what I'm doing here has implications for all of this and for all those that I come in contact with, that how I live and who I live for and what I'm doing has implications for eternity, even when we tend to be like the rest of the world where we just really want to do some good stuff right here so we can enjoy this part right here. And it's like, for me, it's like, man, so often I've been told, I, around here, like, now, I mean, people are nice in Baltimore, so don't, like, hear me wrong, but, like, the amount of people that I've met, like, does not here within church, but outside church, just meeting people, neighbors, stuff like that. Um, like restaurants, they'd be like, oh, so uh, you sound like you have a little twang in your voice or something. And I'm like, oh, excuse me? Like, no, I don't, but yes, I do. So, like, they, they hear that, and they're like, so, so where, where'd you, you guys move here? I was like, yeah, we moved here. Where'd you move from? I was like, actually, we, we, we were down in Florida um, and, and like St. Petersburg area, and they that, the same reaction every time. Why are you here? <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you, there isn't a, I don't care if it's the waitress at like Sunshine Grill, like there is like, I'm telling every person I run into, I talk to and they're like, so where did you move up from? Like a neighbor's in the apartments complex. They're like, so where'd you guys come from? I was like, yeah, well, we, we were in this area between Clearwater and St. Pete Beach and we were about a mile from the beach right there and we moved up from there to come up here. And their response every single time is, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's it. They just say, I'm sorry. That, that was like, they're like, oh, poor child. Like what happened? Like what?" And, and so like, but, but here's the thing is it seems so crazy because I was living in paradise, right? As far as the earth is concerned, for me, I know some of y'all are like, keep the heat and sweat. and no, no, For me, like, give it to me. Like, y'all keep your cold. Like, like, I, like, like, for me, it was like, that was it. And if that was all there was, y'all would have never met me. Not in a million years. i fat, dumb, and happy, walk myself to the beach every day. There's no problem with that. The only problem is, is there's so much more to live for. There's so much more reason on why you exist. There's so much more purpose for your life that Jesus, that Jesus completed before he even died on the cross that he said, listen, I'm, I'm not just here to die. I'm here to show you how to live. I'm here to show you why to live and who to live for. There's something more that Jesus has for us to do then chase after the things, the same things the world's chasing after. So to do that, I want you to, so we looked at the end of Jesus in his red words. I want you to go back to the beginning because he began with the end in mind. This completion of work began. And when I want you to go back to the beginning on what he started and to what he completed And what's our role in that? Let's look at this together. So this would take place in Matthew 4, 18 through 19. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is the beginning of the journey. And so this is, he already knows what he's trying to complete. He already knows what he's trying to get to. So we're zooming all the way back to the beginning, and this is how it began. Jesus, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, who's his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So they were just doing life. They were like me and you just doing what we do. We're just doing life. We're just got our common job in our common neighborhood with our common car, doing the common thing. Like we are just common. We're just normal average dudes doing their job, doing their time, out there fishing. Some of y'all are like, if I could do that for a job, I'm in, like, but like this is what they're doing. They're just doing their job. All right, then everything changed because of an invitation, And he, Jesus, said to them, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. An invitation, an invitation that was like, "Hey, listen, there's 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 something more that you're here for. See, I see you doing things, and look, there's nothing wrong with fishing." Nothing wrong, all right? Don't send that email. I mean, there's nothing wrong with fishing, all right? But, but he's saying there's more. There's something better. There's a new way to chase after life. There's a new way I want you to look at things. I don't want you to get caught up doing the same old thing, the same old way, when there's something greater that you're here for. See, like Jesus, like Jesus, we are called to be invitational. Invitational. See, Jesus invited them to something more. That he encountered people who were just doing life when there was something that was worth living for. And there's something more that he had in store for them. And I, I wanna break it down this way with this follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is a holistic invitation. There's a holistic invitation for me and you and whether or not we're following Jesus, what he's calling us to do and what we're inviting others to join us in. I wanna do it in this way. So the first step in this is follow me. This is like a choice. This is your head, this is a head intellectual choice. Like you have to choose, am I going to follow him? It's like well, they're out there fishing, doing their thing, doing their normal life, journeying as normal, walking into church like a normal Sunday. You have a choice here. You have a choice, am I going to follow you? Are you gonna be the one who I'm choosing to follow Jesus? And that's a head choice. All right, but it doesn't stop there. For those of us, some of us are real heady. Like we want to intellectualize everything, but there's something more to you than just your thoughts. There's something deeper. There's something more, and that's your heart. See, he says, follow me and I will make you. And this is a changing of your heart. So this is a, this is a part of the deeper holistic part of you. This is from the inside out. And this is God's part. See, our part is just saying, yes, Lord, I will follow you. And then God goes to work in you. Like, like as you follow Jesus, he is working on you, convicting you and showing you and talking to you. Right now, as I'm speaking, he's taking my words and doing a work in you and in me. Where he's going, listen, are, are you, what are you actually focused on? Are you focused on the tape? or Are you focused on the rest of your eternal timeline? Like, what are you living for? Maybe there's something more. Like, that's God doing a work in our hearts. Follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Get our hands in it. This is us doing something. This is saying, hey, listen, I have a purpose and a plan for you. Like, here's here's the mind-bending part of this. Okay, um, I remember I read this book called Across the Room and it was this challenge of like, so when, when I go right now, if you were with me, um, there's, there's times at which I go get a, a haircut, what's left of them. Like I'll go get a haircut and like, I'll, I'll go to like the, I'll sit in the parking lot and, and not always, but what I try to do is I'll pray to God before I get out and say, God, in this room, I'm getting ready to walk into and I'm getting ready to meet this guy or this lady that's getting ready to cut my hair and I'm starting to build a relationship with them. God, would would you help me have an important conversation with them? Like, aren't you tired of how's the weather? Like, aren't you tired of, like, so you have any kids? So, what do you do for fun? Can I just do a resounding collective? Who cares? Like, like, no, listen, I love that you have kids and you have a cool hobbies. And like, no, don't listen, like, I, I, don't, I love having fun. I love, like, I'm all in Lamar Jackson, sign the max extension. I'm in. Like, I love all that. Like, like, I'm in. But like, like, really? Like, who cares though? Like, what about all of this? Like, are, aren't you tired of having basic conversations that have no eternal significance? That's why I have the best job in the world. It's like, even though it's kind of weird when you're meeting somebody and you're like, oh, so what do you do for a living? Like, that's a normal one. And I'll ask them, I'll go, oh, I'm a pastor up at Fort Christian Church. And they go, a pastor? Huh. And it's like, you know, you have to get, like, I don't know, maybe you haven't been there, but like for me, like they look at you and they're like, well, I was going to talk to you, but now I changed my mind. Like, <laughs> like you know, they just don't know how it's going to go. So like, but, but, but also sometimes I'll do that and they'll go, Can you, could you pray for my sister? She just got diagnosed. I love that. I love that. I go, good, can we break through the junk and get to the real? Can can we get to the honest conversations, the one that actually matters in life? Can we actually do that in life and do that in our families? Can we do that around our kitchen table? Can we do that with our neighbors? Can we do that at our work? Can we be a people who following Jesus, being changed to become more like Jesus, chase after the mission of Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will will make you fishers of men. I will help you change your normal life, your normal day-to-day life. And and I will will help you see that there's something more that you can live for. Even in the midst of your day-to-day life, I can bring value and meaning that has eternal significance with your relationships and with those that you're surrounded by. Let's do more. Let's live for the more that God has us here for. for the, see, when Jesus was talking about, I've completed the work that you've gave me to do, What he was saying was right after he got finished, he had journeyed with these disciples, these few group of friends that he had invested in, taught, poured into, walked with, and showed that this is the way to live. It was in a relational community where they were having deeper conversations about the values and purposes of life. It was with a relational community in which they were spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. It was in a relational community in which they all went together and reached out to the community in which they were sent out to go to towns and tell them the good news about Jesus. They were in this relational community that was living together, united together for a purpose greater than themselves. He had set up the way in which God was going to work through humanity to where the whole world could hear about the good news of Jesus. His completion of work was I had set up followers of me who are gonna go and do as I have done and even greater things than these. He said, I've completed what you have called me to do because I have set up a family who's gonna go tell them about their dad and they're gonna wanna join this family too. I've completed the work because there's gonna be this group of people meeting around some daggone farm fields in the middle of a place called Fork. And those people are going to leave their nets and fishes behind and go chase after something bigger in this community. I've completed it. And he emphasized it when he died on the cross and he raised again the last red letters in which Jesus spoke to us to know, for us to remember as he says, listen, do you remember how I completed this job? Let me just clarify for you. Remember how we started this journey where I was calling you and asking you to follow me and I will make you fishers of men? It's time. Jesus came and told his disciples, including Peter and Andrew, that were in that group. I have been given authority. I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the more. This is what I'm calling you to live for. This is, this is your great commission. This is the, what I'm commissioning you to go and do. This is what I want you to be and who I want you to be for. So the question for us is, are we living for that? Are we living and looking and chasing after who is it that God's placed in our life that we can be invitational towards, that we can invite to join us in this journey? that we can invite into this community then go, hey, listen, you need to come be with us. Uh, you need to come meet this, this preacher guy who's like a little bit weird, talks too fast sometimes, has a weird twang, moved from Florida, that's kind of weird, but you ought to hear, he's really got some good news you need to hear about. Like, like maybe, maybe you need to come and invite them into your group, your small group if you're in one, and you should be in one. Maybe it's an invite just to your home and in your inner circle of friends. Maybe it's an invitation just to do something more than how's the weather? How's the family? Is that work still giving you a hard time? Maybe into a conversation of coffee or a lunch that says, hey, let's, let's go have some lunch. And you can say, how are you doing? No, really. Not, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm fine, good, how are you? No, 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 no stop, no, like, Really, man, how you doing? Do you, know do you know there's something more that I believe God wants to do with you? Do you know there's a value and a purpose in you that I believe can change your life? Can we have the boldness to be chasing on mission for Christ? So this guy here I wanna talk about uh, one is because I like to share awkward photos of me, if you haven't noticed. Um, this, is a, uh, this is a little bit of a um, ugly sweater uh, party here. I do think I won, but it's a competition. It's cool. Um, and, and there's a guy right here, uh, back here in the corner. He's, only, he's like one of the only ones not wearing an ugly sweater, but, but that, that guy right there. Um, I, I want to share a little bit about, about him. Um, so so the, the one thing about this guy is that um, I, I was trying to remember back to the first guy that I baptized as a, uh, as a pastor. All right, So I want you to think about, have you actually walked through with someone and, and actually got a chance to baptize anyone? Um, it is an exhilarating, awesome experience, and I want to encourage you to do so. And if you lead somebody in your family and your friends to come to know Christ, uh, I'll journey with you, but you're joining me in the, in the tank. Like, I want you to be there with me. If this is somebody you're working with that's coming to know Jesus, then let's get baptized. Let's get them baptized. Let's do it together. Like, but I remember the first time that I had baptized someone, and it was Bill. So let me tell you about Bill. So um, I preached my first uh, sermon. So I was an intern at the church that I was at. So um, I I was like part-time. I just quit a corporate job and I was part-time with one vehicle, walking back and forth to church, all right? And so I had a chance to preach my first message and I was so excited about that. So um, I go and I preach the first time and I don't know if it's gonna be any good, but I pray like, God, if this is terrible, just make it terrible so I know to go back to sell stuff. Like. So I get up there and I preach and like, and it was, it was awesome. Like I got a chance to preach and God was like, yeah, that will boy, keep doing that. And, and, but, but still it was one of those things like the, the next week I go to my office. Now keep in mind, my office was actually a, um, a storage closet that they cleared the stuff out and they were like, "Yeah, stick them in there. Um, and then in that same storage closet was another intern. So we were two interns in a storage closet and everything that implies, like, we couldn't get past each other. Like, it was tight quarters, okay? So that's where I started. So I was entering in this little closet, and, um, and, and so, that, but what was cool is that they actually put, it could barely fit on my desk, but they put, like, a, a, a landline on my desk, like an office phone. And I thought it was like a cool little architectural piece. Like, because like nobody's calling the intern, right? Let's be honest. Like, like nobody's like looking like, I really want to talk to that guy, because that guy could really help me. Like, no one's thinking that way. So I don't think the phone works. It hasn't, it has never rung. I don't even know the extension. I've never used it. It just sits there. And all of a sudden I'm in the office like a Tuesday and it rings. And it makes me jump because I don't recognize even the noise of it. And so I pick up and I'm like, I think it's a junk call that somehow got the extension or something like that. So I pick up and I'm like, Hello, this is Brian Hay. And they're like, hey, are, are, you that, are you that center preacher that preached on Sunday? And I went, sinner preacher? That's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Brian Hay. I'm, I'm the intern here, and I, I did get a chance to preach on Sunday. He says, good, I, I really need to talk to somebody because I've really messed up in my life. And I went oh, okay, well, something happened. You might have accidentally clicked the wrong extension. Let me get you over. We got like this professional counselor guy. We've got a guy that's been here in ministry for like 30 years. We've got this other guy that's been here for like 15 years. I've been here for like a minute and a half. So like, let me get you over to one of them. Just hang on one second. He says, no, 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 no. I want to talk to you. I was like, why? Like, but he's like, because you've messed up and you know what it's like. So I want to meet with you. I got questions. And I was like, okay. I'm available like this yeah, afternoon. You want to come in? All right, I'll see you there. It's like, okay. So this guy that's like you know, 10, 15 years older than me. He comes in to the, to the we're at this like little library desk area and uh, I sit down on one end. He sits down on the other and, and he goes, he kind of goes very serious. He goes, I don't want to waste my time. So this whole um, God thing isn't real. Well, let's just get that out of the way right now. Is it real? And I was like, Okay, this is going to be contentious, but this is interesting. So I was like, I do, yeah, one hundred percent. I just quit my job to do it, so I'll be really ticked if it's not. Um, (laughs) So, and and so he goes, he goes. Okay, cool. We need to have conversations. So this dude unpacks for me, like like forty some odd years of this journey for him, where he's been in the occult spiritism. He's been chasing after all these crazy things. He's been in the military. He's done things that he regrets and this horrific things in life. And he's been chasing, trying to figure out the journey of life. And then he was invited to two different churches. One was the Catholic church, one was our church. He came in and he heard me and this whole series we're talking about, this spiritual warfare was the series we were on. And so he was like, I heard your testimony. I heard your story about how you really messed up. Is there truly grace for me? And man, I got to have this conversation with him about the evidence of there being a God because he was a very intellectual guy, but I got to share with him what we call apologetics about the defense of why we believe that God is real and true and why I believe that there's fine-tuning in the universe that points to a creator and the realities of Jesus, the evidence for Jesus. And we got to walk through all those things. I gave him some books to read. And we began a journey that invited him into, that continued on and on, and and he started to realize that this was true and started to come to his own and go, okay, I I think this is, I think I want to do this. I think I want to be a part of this. So I invited him into my small group, and we started journeying through life together, having deeper and deeper conversations, And, and he was the first guy that I got to baptize. And it was so amazing because he was like, man, you were the sinner preacher. Like you admitted like you were a failure and you messed up and stuff like that. He's like, and that just made me feel like I, I could talk to you because I've messed up too. And, and so we got together and so he he let me baptize him. So I go in the baptistry and I remember I, I go up there and it's like, this is my first one, right? So like, I'm like, yeah, I preached, I made a disciple. This is awesome. Like, so like I'm up there, like I'm, I'll speak with my chest. Like I'm, I'm walking in the baptistry and like, yeah, here's one, like, come on over here. Like, I'm gonna baptize this fool. So like, like he comes in and I'm just like, I'm like, Church, let me share a little bit about Bill. So I'll share a little bit about a story. And, and I was like, so um, let's collectively together, let's, um, I, man, uh, I want you to know that this is Bill Williams. And today he's choosing to follow Jesus. Repeat after me. So he repeats, splash in the water. I give him a hug. I walk out. And he's still drenching and wet. And he looks at me and he says, my name's not Bill Williams. I said, dude, you picked the sinner preacher. So like you knew you weren't getting the best. But my very first baptism, I blow his name all to pieces. His name is Bill Matthews. His family was all there. He's got all these people that have been praying for him for years. And they're like, who's Bill Williams? Is he like coming down the steps later? Like, who is this guy? And like, so I'm announcing it's recorded. They're playing it back for the rest of history. I'll be going to heaven one day and Jesus is going to go, dang dog, Brian. Like, 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 you know, and so like, here it is. And so like, even Bill looked at me, he was like, dude was like, he's like, I don't know how this thing works. Like, I'm still learning this thing. But it was like, there was, was there like a guy named Bill Williams, like at McDonald's that suddenly received the Holy Spirit was like ordering French fries. and was like, whoa, yeah, I'll take a, make that a Big Mac. Like, it was like, it was, like is that how it works? And I was like, no, it's not how it works. There's grace, even for me. But would you believe that despite the fact that I was the one trying to mentor him and love him and invite him into our crazy group and journey with him, that this guy took on the challenge to read the Bible and he read it in a year, writing commentary on the entire thing. 2017, he started helping co-lead a life group. He began teaching a Bible study class a year after that. He enrolled in a Bible college and this same Bill is now a pastor at Bethel Christian Church in Indiana. And all that without the Holy Spirit, because I messed up his name. I mean, no. <laughs> a guy walking in, broken from a history of sin, confusion of Spiritism and on the occult wondering if there's grace for him, just needing an invitation to come and meet Jesus. (sighs) You can do this too. There are people that God has placed around you that are asking the same questions. They may not have verbalized it yet, but they need somebody to invite them into your circle, to invite them into a deeper conversation and help them know that they too can follow Jesus. And if you follow, he will make you fishers of men. Church, we've gotta be a church that's invitational. An invitation into something more. The more that God has us here for, the reason why he said, God, I brought you glory by completing the work that you had me to do, and that being me and you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I'm um, still humbled that you would use someone like me to go and do what you've called us to do the God of all the people in the universe that you would bring a guy like Bill to come and meet, that you would have him meet someone like me. God, I I was not very knowledgeable with most things and I was not somebody who was as old or as experienced as he was. I didn't have the full understanding of all the different things he had done, but what I knew for sure was that you, God, loved Bill, that you died for him, that you rose again, defeating death, And that you had called on me to go and be your mouthpiece. To go and share your good news. And invite those whom we encounter into something more. Something more that you've called us for. God, would you help us be a church that is invitational like you? That invites us along to join you in a journey that will change everything that for us, God, that we don't have to focus on the little tape part of our journey here to just try to enjoy a little bit of the tape part, but that we can live our life on mission to enjoy being with you with all you've called us to for the rest of eternity. Lord, can we fix our eyes on you? Can we run and finish the race that you've called us to compete in and go and make disciples of all nations? We thank you, Jesus, for giving us purpose, giving us a mission, giving us a plan. And through your spirit, giving us the courage and the ability to go and make followers of you. We thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen.